Lowe's knows you'll do it right to find the right gifts for dad this Father's Day. We do it right, too, with deals that'll make dad as proud as his perfectly seared steak and his perfectly manicured lawn. Now get a Charbroil 4-Burner Advantage Series gas grill for just $169 and pick up your choice of Craftsman gas or electric string trimmer for only $99 each. Make this Father's Day his best one yet and do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Charbroil offer valid through 612. Craftsman offer valid through 619 U.S. only. What is up, Grinders Live? I am not your normal host. I'm more of a substitute teacher, much cooler and better looking than Justin Van Zuden. I'm David Barnett of the Tour Junkies, and we are ready for Grinders Live tonight, talking about PGA DFS, talking about the Quicken Loans National with my boy Devo and uh, Notorious Derek Farnsworth. If you can't get excited about the Quicken Loans National, well, then we're almost with you. So how's it going, boys? Uh, Devo, how was your week last week for the Travelers? And uh, tell, us, tell us how it went for you. Well, the chalk went off, so I got crushed. Um, yeah, I didn't have much uh, outlay, though, so no big deal. Hopefully the chalk does not crush this week. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes that happens. Very few times, but sometimes that happens. What about you, uh, Notorious? Uh, pretty good week overall. Took second in the Thunderdome, which helped. Uh, didn't have Justin Thomas. He was like 60% owned. So yeah, other than that, uh, pretty bad on drive or FanDuel. So hopefully we'll get back at it this week. Well, the, the tour junkies had a lot of listeners making money, but the tour junkies themselves, not so much. We didn't, we didn't take our own advice or we didn't construct lineups all that well. Um, although it was kind of a weird week. I mean, I, I, I told you guys we had, I had a couple of six of six lineups, not cash. I had a couple of seven of eight lineups on FanDuel, not cash. It was a little unusual, but you had some theatrics there at the end with Jordan Spieth and the the bunker throw and the chest bump heard around the world. Um, so you know it was it was good to see golf getting a little a little excitement there for the for the travelers. So it's good stuff. But now we move forward to the Quick and Loans National, uh, which is now at a new a, a new host venue for uh, this tournament. It's at the TPC Potomac uh, at Avenel Farm right there in uh, in Maryland area, DC area. So a different venue, but this this uh, this course did used to to be a regular on the tour. So uh, Derek, let's start with you. Like as far as doing your course research, what were some things that stood out to you as we as we look at this new golf course? Yeah, so par 70, uh, 7139 yards. It seems pretty short, but uh, for par 70 that's not like way short. Uh, most of the par 4s are 440 yards or longer. So, I mean, it doesn't play, you know, as short as it did last week. Um, like you mentioned, it is the first time uh, that the course, or PJ Tour is going to host this event uh, with the newly renovated course. Uh, but the web.com did host the event here in 2012 and 2013. Uh, we had David Lingmurth win in 2012, and uh, I believe Michael Putnam in 2013. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, but yeah, You're it looks right. like it's a course that, uh, you know, fairways are important to hit. Uh, kind of an act accuracy over driving distance uh, sort of narrative we're going for. Yeah. What about you, Devo? Anything different? Well, there's a major renovation after the last time they played here on tour in 2006. And 
uh, Derek nailed it on the web.com events. There was also the 2010 senior players championship. A whole bunch of noise is pretty irrelevant for forecasting what's going to happen this week, in my opinion. So I just dug straight into taking a look at the course. You know, I, I like looking at the overall stats for the course. Uh, I like looking at the scorecard and I like looking at the, at the course from the satellite overhead view. And I noticed that the front nine is significantly longer than the back nine. The fairways are very narrow on the front nine, but I didn't think that it was too necessarily penal to be missing the fairways. It wasn't like it was choked in in trees and water really wasn't coming into play. The roughest Kentucky bluegrass and cut to three inches. So I'm not so sure that accuracy is going to be more important than driving distance off the tee. Uh, at the moment, I'm just basically targeting the strokes gain stats. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I, I want to spend a little time on this since the, the field is so weak. We might as well really dig in on the, on the golf course here. You mentioned that you didn't think the accuracy was going to be, be a big deal. Uh, Notorious said he felt like accuracy was. Let's just Jerry Springer this thing right now. And let's, let's do it out. Because I'll be honest, like when I looked at it, I, I felt like accuracy was a thing. Um, Zach Blair, uh, you know, was, was posting on Twitter yesterday videos of, of him being in the fairways, talking about the fairways running like a 10 on the stemp. They were oh, wow. super fast and yeah. quick. He even um, – he, he did a video putting from 75 yards away from the green. He putted from the fairway and rolled it up on the green. So I think they're rolling out pretty fast. Um, I don't know what the weather looks like. It's, it's being only Tuesday. I usually ignore it until Wednesday night. So I don't know if we'll get any rain to soften it up. You guys might know, but um, I mean, it, I mean, I think I would side more towards the driving accuracy side or maybe even a total driving uh, side and then when you look at course designers like Fazio and Pete Dye redesigned this thing then you had Fred Funk and 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 Davis Love kind of give their input you know Fred Funk famously got out driven by Annika Sorenstam like I could see these guys you know designing more of a strategic type you know golf course that was really accuracy so um, I don't know what, what do you think about that Devo you, you got a you got a rebuttal I mean, I haven't really dug more into the course than just looking at it. I mean, it's just my own perspective. I see these guys, if they're missing the fairway, it's going to be hitting rough. The exception is the fourth hole, the 10th and 11th hole that has a creek in play on its entire left side, choked out by trees on the right. Uh, but I mean, if the fairway is running at a 10 on the stem, then the guys that are going to be hitting it in the fairway are probably going to be rolling into the rough anyway. So I'm going to side with the guys that, and hit it further, bring that drivable par four into play. And hopefully I pick the guys that run good and hit more fairways than they're supposed to. I love the, um, I love the sharp, the sharp knowledge of the satellite photo uh, study that you do there, Devo. That's pretty cool. I like that. That's a good, Thanks. that's a good move. What about you, Derek? Any other, any other thoughts on the accuracy versus distance thing? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think I'm just going to focus more on just strokes gained off the tee and uh, approach, just looking for the ball strikers. Um, uh, one other thing to note, this did play as the hardest uh, course on the web.com tour in both of those years. So uh, we'll see. I mean, these are professionals and, you know, the talent's better than it is in a web.com field, but could play a little bit tougher than uh, most people think. Well, and I think the I think the strokes gained off the tee stat is a good one to look at because I do think you can capture the guy the bombers and you can capture the guys who just 
pound the middle of the fair uh, of the fairway and, and lead themselves on the right side of the fairway to hit approach shots into these greens. So I, I do think the strokes gain off the tee is a good number. I just think that it feels like every week in the DFS community, people that the first question that a lot of people ask is usually, am I going to target the the bunters and the guys who are going to keep it in the fairway? Or am I going to target the bombers? And it's, and it, it usually feels like it's either one or the other. It doesn't always have to be that way, but that's just usually what it feels like. So an interesting study to me um, to, to think through that for this course. And honestly, it's a brand new course and we don't know. Um, I think you brought up a good point, Derek, as far as the web.com event, it was a harder course, but obviously you're not, you're not talking about putting the best players on the planet on the golf course either as, as the web.com is kind of your minor leagues. However, you could argue that this field looks a lot like a web.com field. Um, have you, have either one of you guys given any thought to what the winning score might be? Hmm. I haven't really considered that. The The greens are kind of small, about 5,300 square feet on average. Uh, it's interesting thinking about the stimp. I mean, if the fairways are running out of 10, when they had those web.com events, they were running like a 12 and a half or so. So I can see these greens being very, very quick this week, which should just keep the scores pretty low. Yeah. Um, Derek, any, anything different from you? Have you thought about the winning score at all? Uh, I believe in 2012 it was minus eight and then 2013 talking about the web.com, it was either seven or nine. I can't remember, but uh, so, I mean, I think it's going to be lower than that. Obviously uh, these guys are you know pros. So I would think in the, you know, 10 to 12, maybe 13 range. Yeah. I was thinking that 10 to 12 range um, and Devo brings up a good point about the greens. I mean, it does seem like these greens are going to run, you know, they could get up to that 13 and a half, 14, maybe even number, depending on how, how, you know, if we get no rain and, and they leave it fast. Um, There's I, no I, rain in the forecast. Is there no rain in the forecast? All right. So um, I have seen some feedback too from, from some people on the grounds that these, these greens are pretty undulating. There's a lot of subtle breaks in these greens. So, um, and actually that, that kind of leads me to another stat that I looked at this week. So strokes gained off the tee was one. And, and actually strokes game putting, which normally I don't look at, but I think good putters are, are going to be at an advantage on this course, a new course that not a lot of people have mapped out. And if those speeds are, are, are that fast and they're undulating and they're subtle breaks, I kind of want guys who are going to, are going to be good putters. So that's, that's not something I usually look at, but I'm interested in that. Um, and obviously birdie or better. I always, I'm always waiting pretty heavily. You've got, only 120 something players in this field. You still get top 70 and ties through. So a bigger percentage of players making the cut for me, uh, you know, birdie or better guys who are going to score DK points uh, and FanDuel points are, are most important. Any other stats for you guys that uh, they're going to pop? Um, Devo, we'll start with you. Uh, par four scoring is being a, you know, par 70 course. Tough to score in the par threes and with only two par fives. One of them is extremely long. The other one is kind of tight. Uh, yeah, they're going to have to make their moves on the par fours. Derek, what about you? Yeah, I agree with you guys on the stats, uh, but I do have a question for you. In these uh, fields, you know, these smaller fields where we have a larger percentage of the field make the cut, do you guys place more of an emphasis on getting six to six through, or are you more willing to take chances on guys since more of the golfers are going to – because I can see both ways. You know, you play it safe and get six to six through, or you can you know, advocate taking more risk because more golfers are going to make the cut. Hmm. Yeah, that's an interesting question. Like, I think the gambler in me wants to say, oh, I'm going to take more risk um, just just because I, I can, especially in a weak field. 
like, and I'll go ahead and say, like, I'm on Fowler and Reed this week, even though they're the top two price guys, and I think their their prices are, um, you know, Reed's price especially is inflated. But I like knowing that in this week field, I've got two guys right there that I feel as confident as anyone in the field they're going to make the cut and and potentially, you know, top ten, top five, or win the thing. So for me, that's kind of where I default. But I could see the argument the other way too. Devo, do you you feel any different? I feel like most people tend to gamble in these spots where it's just easier for their guys to make the cut. Uh, it really depends. Uh, there's no static strategy here whatsoever. It all really kind of depends on the field and the prices and your options and what your opponents are going to do. Uh, with the current state of DraftKings pricing, I feel like most of the cheaper guys, especially with the cheapest guy this week being like mid 6Ks, uh, I think that the cheap guys are going to be very polarizing this week. So if you want to go contrarian, you're going to be taking an option that probably is suboptimal considering that if you don't get six out of six through here this week, you're just absolutely torpedoed. Yeah. Yeah. Very true. Um, any other last minute thoughts on the course or the field before we start talking strategy and picks? You guys good? Ready to get into it. So, I mean, with the strategy, if you're playing – um, like, let's say you've got somebody playing 10 lineups in some lower dollar, high entry GPPs. Do you, what would you guys do in that scenario as far as how many of those lineups would you have one of the guys in the top three, which would be Rory, I mean, not Rory, uh, Ricky, Patrick Reed, and Justin Thomas. Um, how many lineups would you have with one or two of those guys versus starting in that 9K range if you were doing 10 lineups? What about, uh, what about you, Derek? So on a typical week, I'd maybe say eight or nine. Uh, but this week, the bottom of the field is so bad that I just want to load up on the mid-range. So I think I'm actually going to build most of my lineups, you know, starting with the 9K guys. So I would maybe do, you know, five lineups with the three at the top and then five uh, that are just more balanced because I think most of the talent is uh, in the middle range of that field. Scrumptious. You, Diva? I hate setting rules. I mean, if you got 10 lineups, you should make your 10 favorite lineups. I don't think you should just throw three of them away to cover your bases on the other side. You're making 10 lineups because you like your guys so much that you want to have, you know, the 10 best options of your lineup, not just one. So I would say focus your attention and uh, make sure you really like all your lineups. Got it. Well, with that being said, Devo, if you look at the top, are there guys in that 10 K and nine K range that you are uh, that you're going to have as, as favorites in your lineups. Ricky Fowler is the top option, and it's not even arguable. If you Scrumptious, argue that, yeah. you're doing it wrong. His stats are basically perfect. Uh, his form is excellent, and his price is fair. Uh, Girlfriend form is excellent. Oh my God! You see that picture of him holding the Corona with the chick in the bikini at the driving range? Like, oh, I didn't see this. <laughs> Wait, what? Somebody several months ago is when he was off for a little while. But it's, well, I mean, I would, I would love to have a Ricky Fowler reality <laughs> show. It'd have to be incredible. <laughs> now, if let me ask you this: since it is a weak field, and none of us are all that excited about talking about David Lingmurth at eighty five hundred, what? Any thoughts on? Ricky Fowler, after round one at the at the U.S. Open, when he's walking from the 18th tee, and he's just damn near skipping down that 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 pathway, holding hands with his girl, and the cameras are all over him. Did, did you guys see that at all? Did you see that on Thursday at the U.S. Open? I missed that too. Did you see that, Diva? Oh no, I missed that. But can you blame him? <laughs> I kind of can't. Like 
do that on do that any anywhere else at any other time like he literally grabbed his her hand almost before he got off the green on 18 and they're like holding hands walking miles to the scorer's tent have you seen his girlfriend yes but all of them at least he didn't pull a Brooks and take the picture with the championship trophy. Uh, but yeah, part. I mean, but I think he would have like, and, and I don't, I don't like the Brooks move either. And I've seen, I've seen Jenna Sims enough of her lately. So it's just these young guys, man. And, and plugging these babes into these videos and pictures way too. <laughs> Come on. Soon. Ricky Fowler's the only guy that didn't kiss anybody at the Ryder cup. Picture. Hey, we're talking about him. It's working. <laughs> I get, we're always talking about Ricky Fowler anyway. Um, we digress. Devo, you like Fowler. I am with you. I love Fowler. I'm, I'm going to have plenty of shares of him. Um, definitely a, a birdie maker. You talk about a guy who does both of what, you know, we talked about in the beginning. He hits the ball a long way and keeps it in the fairway and can get super hot with the putter. Fowler scrumptious to me. So, um, well, how popular is it going to be though? I mean, in such a weak field with some, kind of illusions of options in the cheaper range do you think people are going to gravitate towards Rick? yes you, you do think so i think so uh he's just pretty much the one guy above 10k that people are going to want to play uh justin thomas just missed a cut patch creed you know made a lot of enemies earlier in the season uh dfs enemies uh so yeah i mean i think he's gonna be the most popular guy above 10k i think if you look at our ownership projections we have about 25 percent right now so, yeah, I, and I definitely agree he's going to be the most popular out of those three. It does seem like the talking heads right now are, are advocating to start a lot of your lineups below this group, though. So I wonder if it's a little um, – I mean, if is, is Fowler at 22% okay, Devo? Are you going to – like, what, what's going to be your exposure to him? Yeah, Fowler at 22% seems pretty exciting to me. I, I haven't looked at odds precisely, but if he's between 7 and 8 to 1 to win – it probably means he's better than uh, two to one to make the top five. And, you know, if that means if he's less than 30% owned, that's a pretty good spot really to just lock up a guy in the top five with a chance to win. So yeah, if you're telling me 22%, I probably will start my lineups with Ricky, but I do agree with the other talking heads out there that uh, my first impression is to start my lineups kind of in the lower tier down here. Um, one, I want to get all my guys through the cut, and two, there's some pretty dynamic, uh, scary options, cheaper as Derek has mentioned already. Yeah. So, Derek, I'm assuming you're not – you sound like you're not going to have a lot of Fowler. I'll probably be even with the field and tournaments. I think uh, for my main – I always make one or two main lineups with, like, two pivots, you know, so I have uh, guys in both my lineups and then two on each side. But uh, So I'll probably start those two lineups down in the 9K range and then uh, sort of load up on Fowler in the, you know, my 100 lineups or whatever I make uh, in tournaments. Yeah. Any, anybody else? Are you going to have any Patrick Reed? He's, he's pretty hot right now. So for me – it's just hard to take a guy that relies so much on a short game. Uh, the strokes gained off the tee numbers were back last week, which was good to see with Reed. He's typically a guy that sprays the ball and gets into trouble, uh, which does worry me a little bit on this course. But he is a streaky player, so and he is projected to be the lowest owned of these three. So if you want to play that angle, uh, don't mind him. Probably prefer him over Thomas, who I think uh, a lot of people are going to be back on, even though he missed the cut. Yeah, I think for me, I prefer Reed over Thomas uh, right now, just with the form. It feels a little better. 
Uh, 11-1 doesn't feel good, but if you just close your eyes and don't look at the price, I don't, I don't mind Reed over Thomas right now, just given the form, and if he's going to be a little bit lower on. I'll have a little bit of him, but I, I would imagine the 9K range is pretty popular with you guys. Uh, I think my favorite option in here is a guy who checks the box in, uh, in strokes gained putting as well as off the tee. He's one of the best scramblers on tour and has been for years. Uh, and if the course is a little more difficult, I feel like he plays difficult courses a little better, doesn't bogey as much, and that's Bill Haas. He tends to avoid the big number. Um, if you just want to start with a cut maker, I, I think Haas is a guy to look at. Definitely like him in cash as well. Um, and I like Leishman, checking the box off the tee and, uh, and, and strokes gained approach, obviously in good form. He has been playing a lot lately. Those two guys are probably the two I'll have the most of. I'm guessing you guys could see them as fairly chalky out of this group. Uh, I mean, I guess Finau is obviously usually, he's usually chalky in the DFS community, but other than that, I feel like Leishman and Haas are going to be pretty, pretty chalky. What do you think, Derek? Yeah, I think they'll both be pretty highly owned, but I like both as well. Uh, Leishman is just a guy that's usually been a good putter throughout his career and uh, kind of been struggling with that lately, been relying on his tee to green game. So as soon as that putter clicks, I think he's going to be there. Uh, Haas coming off of that T5 at the U.S. Open. Nice to see uh, him get back in the form after he missed three cuts in a row uh, a couple months ago. I think my favorite guy in the range is going to be Tony Finau. He's my pick to win. Uh, over the last 36 uh, rounds on tour, he's ranked first off the tee and fourth in uh, strokes gained approach. And we've seen him kind of, you know, sort of adapt to courses this year. Um, he's not he's willing to take a three wood off the tee on courses that require more accuracy. So I like that. He's going to be able to get to these par fives. He's going to be able to get to the drivable par four. And uh, yeah, as soon as that putter clicks, he's just going to he's going to win soon. Scrumptious Tony Finau. Devo? <laughs> Scrumptious. Well, I like Leishman also, uh, but I think he's going to be more popular than Bill Haas. So if I'm considering between the two for GBPs, I'm going to go with Haas. Uh, their form is about equal-ish. Um, yeah. And they both look good. They're, they're tied for 21st and par four scoring. Uh, yeah, stats look good all across the board for both of them. Give me Haas, it's lower owned. Uh, I don't think anybody's going to be on Holmes, uh, which makes him a pretty good GPP option, but I, I don't think he's very good of a play. I'd rather play Chapel or Henley. Uh, totally agree. agree. That's, that's horrifying. Yeah. yeah, I agree with Derek that Tony Finau is a fantastic play at 9.1K. I expected him to be owned in the 20% range last week. He came in in the mid-teens. He didn't really shoot the lights out with just a 16th place last week, 14th place, 16th, close in there, 17th, the mid-teens, all the same. And, uh, <laughs> so hopefully he goes in that mid-teens range ownership again, and I think he will because he's right next door to Brendan Steele, who yeah. was basically the chalk last week, and I expect him to be the chalk again this week. Yeah. Why totally does he always seem so cheap? What's that? Why does it still always seem like $500 too cheap? Yeah, I mean, he's, he is. He's, a, he's the chalk exactly. every week. Um, I, like I, him don't on gonna, week. I don't think I'm going to have a lot of him. Are, are you guys going to have a lot of steel? I mean, it's hard not to like him. Everything checks out. Good form. Good stats. I don't know. Good yeah. price. Good Vegas odds. Good odds. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm hoping people go steal. I'll go Fina over that. I think that's a very excellent pivot. Yeah. Um, 
Kevin Chapel checks some boxes for me. Um, definitely a score, T to green kind of guy. It's just all about the putter and short game for him. I'll probably have a little bit of exposure to him. Other than that, I think that's it. Uh, getting into the 8K range, I actually think my my I think my favorite play in here is going to be David Lingmurth. Is he is he chalky? Do you guys think he's going to be chalky? So on uh, FanShare Sports, he is the second most tagged golfer right now. Lovely. Wow. After Ricky. So he will no longer be my favorite play in the 8K range. <laughs> um, I like him as well, but, I mean, you can certainly make a case to fade him. His stats aren't that great. Uh, he's been relying on a hot putter. But he does have a win here. Well, and, and even though everybody's price feels weird in this weak field, 8,500 does feel – pretty awful to pay for David Lingmurth. If he's going to be highly owned, it might be an automatic fade actually um, for a guy of his caliber. But I, I'm, honestly, I'm having a hard time making up my mind in the 8K range. And I think the 8K range is going to be pretty, um, is going to be a place where you gain an edge in, in ownership. Devo, you, you seem to be a, a pretty sharp ownership mind. Uh, what do you think is going to happen in the 8K range as far as who's going to be the most popular? I think, I think all of them are going to be too popular. Uh, really? I think I'm going to fade the entire 8K range. Uh, Brennan Steele is the only one that feels worth the price tag to me. I think that Lingmurth is a trap that a lot of people are going to fall into with his great Vegas odds to price ratio. They've got him at 30 to 1, which is about the same as Fee now. Even better than J.B. Holmes and just slightly better than guys like Bill Haas, Kevin Chappell, and Brennan Steele. Mm. So I think people will lock up that value and that will push his ownership up. But I love the point that Derek made. Uh, he's absolutely been relying on a hot putter. He's 94th in par four scoring, 114th stroke skiing approach, and 135th in stroke skiing tee to green this season. I will be fully fading David Lingmurth. And I really don't like any of the pivots near him enough to uh, pay up for them. I think there's enough options in the 7K range. Uh, the mid to high 7K range of guys that will not be very popular that I'm just I'm just fading the 8K range. Well, consider me officially talked out of David Lingmer. <laughs> Love it. Uh, Derek, anybody in, anybody else in the 8K range for you? Or are you fading the whole group? So I like Danny Lee. He's been in good form. Uh, he yeah. was really terrible at the start of the year. Uh, his number's been really good the last few weeks. Coming off a T3 last week, I like to see that. Um, I think he's going to be fairly popular too, though, which isn't great. Um, I believe Keegan Bradley is kind of from the area, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's a, he's a Northeast Boston guy. Yeah, and he uh, coming off a T eight last week. You know, I touted him on Twitter on Wednesday, and my mentions just got blown up saying not to play him. But uh, ended up playing pretty well last week. Uh, I know he's terrible at putting, but he's another one of these Teeter Green guys that. Uh, on these small greens, if he's hitting it close enough, I mean, he could give himself a lot of birdie opportunities. And we currently have him at 3% owned uh, for our projections. Wow. I mean, Keegan's kind of a guy the DFS community loves to hate. And I, I um, he is maddening. But there's a lot of guys that are pretty maddening. I mean, Finau is another maddening guy on a Friday cut sweat. There's nothing like a Tony Finau Friday cut sweat. And Keegan tends to do the same thing. I, I think um, – I mean, I think I'm going to have a little bit of Keegan, especially if the ownership projection is 3%. I don't, I don't mind loading up on him. For me, he's a stroke saying off the tee guy. He's a birdie or better guy. He scores uh, on DraftKings point models. So 
I think I could have a little bit of him uh, and be and now that I'm talked off of Lingmurth, I'll I'll have some salary to play with. So maybe uh maybe Steele and Bradley for me. Uh, Devo, you must be loading up in the seven K range. Why don't you drop some knowledge on us for those guys in the in the high sevens that you're liking? Well, the first one that I sniff is Jimmy Walker. He's you been actually unpopular. <laughs> yeah, Jimmy Walker. She smell good. Seven point eight K. I mean, what's wrong with Jimmy Walker? Strokes game Lyme disease in. <laughs> right. Nobody's gonna be on him, but Vegas <laughs> loves him. And like if we're having trouble predicting what's going to happen this week, then give me the guys that are going to be unpopular that Vegas loves. Jimmy Walker's one of them. Not yep. sure if he's going to be making my lineups because I've got Bud Colley at 7.7 K who has yep. excellent statistics. Holly's been plagued with a terrible putter. Uh, Vegas likes him as well. And I wonder if Colley's going to be that much more popular than Jimmy Walker. Uh, I also like Kyle Stanley at 7.6K. His chalk week ended up being an explosion in everybody's face. Just pushed his ownership down, but this might be a price tag that people aren't going to be able to refuse, especially with how much Vegas likes him. We got him at 42 to 1, which uh, certainly stands out in this list. Uh, but it's not as much as Siwoo Kim at 7.5K, who's 38 to 1. Uh, he has not been popular even after his win over a month ago. He missed a cut, then he withdrew, and then had another fine finish. Um, his stats don't exactly jump off the page because he's been a different golfer lately, but he has not been relying on his putter. He is gaining strokes to the green, and all of those guys are fantastic options. I just need to filter out which ones I think are going to be popular and which ones aren't. I love it. I mean, I think Bud Cauley, out of the ones you said, I think Cauley might be the most popular. Uh, and I like Cauley a lot. I have him circled. I also like a little Morgan Hoffman. In between your boy Jimmy Walker and Bud Cauley, Hoffman's coming into some form. I do not like the $7,800 price tag. Normally we get him in the mid-6K range. But in the weak field, he gets a bump. He's definitely a scorer. He's been in decent form here. He's a little inconsistent. But when he's, when he's making cuts, he's having decent finishes um walker is interesting I, I tried to do the same play with with jimmy for the u.s open when nobody was on him and it was the you know he, he was recovering from the illness and which i joked about earlier but it's not funny i mean I, I, honestly you want the guy to get better but I, I i played a lot of him for the u.s open and man he just burned me when he he just played horribly for the u.s open so maybe he bounces back here but it's interesting you get a name like jimmy walker in a field like this he's a you know, he's last year's PGA championship winner. And, you know, really when he's on his game is a world-class talent. And in a field like this at 7,800, it does feel like a, an interesting, an interesting play there. So, and Siwoo Kim's whole thing is just nobody's, everybody's afraid to play him because he's such a freaking withdrawal risk, right? Like yeah. at the drop of a hat, he's going to walk off the golf course. Um, and in a, and in a, in a field like this, in a small tournament like this, I feel like he's an even greater risk to do so. But you're right, Devo. Like the reward for him if he sticks it out is is incredible. The guy is such a player, um, and, and man, uh, the PGA Tour just needs to watch out if the putter does get hot because his his tee to green game is unreal. So Siwoo Kim is just a great risk reward GPP play all all the way. I would not touch him in a cash lineup, but. Notorious, what do you uh, what do you think about that group in the in the high seven k range? So my favorite two are Cauley and Kyle Stanley. Um, I'm getting a little scared that I got basically all the tee to green guys that can't putt. And you mentioned uh, these undulating greens. 
but I definitely <laughs> like uh, the strong teeth green guys. Collie Sam, my favorite. Uh, but can I interest you guys in a guy that is ranked uh, eighth in strokes gained off the tee, tenth in strokes gained approach, and seventeenth in strokes gained putting? Yes. Can you guess who it is? I bet you can't. I was gonna say Boo Weekly until you said the strokes gained putting. Yeah, Graham Dillette. Do you realize he's twenty first on tour in strokes gained putting this year? Wow. Yeah, yeah, I do realize that. I, I unclicked him because I thought he would be more chalky than guys like Siwoo, yeah. Kim, and Stanley. But he maybe, can't maybe, yeah, he's, he's definitely like 289th in strokes <laughs> around the green or something like that. Out of 240th. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, they totally penalize him for being so bad and talking about it. <laughs> so, yeah, if you're telling me Delot is like not going to be chalked, then uh, sign me up too. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. I mean, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I think I'd rather have, I think I'd rather take a risk on Siwoo Kim, honestly. But I, I know his I know his stats check for sure. Um, I think with I think with greens like this, if they're running that fast, and I know there's also maybe Devo saw it on the on the course study he did, but I know some closely mowed areas around these greens and some runoffs, a lot of slope uh, on these greens as well. So if you're chipping off of that and you're Grand Dillette, that's a little scary to me, but if he's if he's pounding greens, it doesn't matter. Yeah, that's always the thing with the let. Uh, what about Kevin Tway? He he checked a lot of boxes for me, but I, I I don't have a good feeling about it. It's just kind of a gut play for me. I'm not I'm not a fan. Devo. Uh, Dillette was pretty popular last week. That kind of scares me. Tway is interesting, also. So maybe all these guys being interesting enough, it'll keep their ownership down. Uh, I think Tway has a well-balanced game. He's excellent off the tee. He's decent at par four scoring and tee to green. Um, yeah, if these other guys are all going to soak up the ownership and you get Tway at like 2 or 3%, that's probably a better play than DeLotte at 15. I think I'm, I think I'm off of Boo Weekly. I, I, I know obviously just played really well, uh, doing great things tee to green right now, but obviously cannot putt in on greens like this. Not all that interested. He may have gotten, you know, got a little extra TV time being paired with Jordan on Sunday. That could drive ownership up slightly. I think I'll pass on Boo on these putting greens. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's dead last in strokes game putting uh, right now. He's dead last in strokes game putting right now. Horrible. Um, horrible. Uh, I will say it feels like one of those weeks where James Hahn is going to pop for absolutely no reason. It just feels like one of those weeks. That's what he does. He's just super – sneaky and all of a sudden is just going to come up and, and win a tournament or finish top three. Um, I might have a little bit of him in between Stanley and Siwoo Kim. Any thoughts on that? Or just, you, you didn't even realize. <laughs> yeah. Vegas likes him too. I spent some time considering that today and oh, really? his stats are decent. Uh, 41st in par four, 86 in strokes and approach. Uh, but not very good putting around the green or off the tee. So, I don't know. I was kind of just rather more interested in all these other options. But I don't know. Like, are there so many options that these guys are going to all be less owned than they should be? Or are a few of these guys going to really pop as chalk? And then we should just pivot to whichever of these other options we like the most. I mean, I think it's going to be kind of what you said in the beginning. I mean, I think Cauley – and Dillette and Stanley and possibly Boo Weekly are going to be 
pretty popular plays in that range, but how popular are they going to be if they're all popular? Like what's the ownership truly going to be? I, I don't know. I think I'm just going to play the guys I like the most and, and be done with it. So what about uh Billy Hurley? I'm not interested. So he's from Washington and yeah. uh, defending champ. Obviously it was a different course, but uh, he knows his course. Well, I know SDL is big on him this week. Um, oh, he is. And I, I trust SCL in these uh, situations. I, totally. I, probably, I didn't really, you know, have him on my radar until I read the expert survey. Uh, for our listeners, make sure to check that out. Um, but, yeah, the guy that's from there, he couldn't know the course a little bit better than most. Farnsworth, <laughs> such a company, man. Such a company, man. Um, all right, getting to that below $7,500 range, my favorite play in here is Kevin Streelman. I love this guy's form the last three outings. Uh, finished T8 at the, at the Travelers last week. A couple of top 20s the two weeks prior. He's, you know, he's kind of a short hitter, accuracy type, just going to beat fairways and greens to death. Um, I like Streelman a lot at 7,400. Might have a little bit of coke rack. Checks the box uh, off the tee as well as birdie or better. He's kind of one of those bombers like Devo mentioned that that still tends to play well on short courses. Uh, So those are – couple of guys for me. I got a few others. I'll let you guys go ahead. Who else in the, in the 7,500 to 7K range you guys like? Uh, I'm on Stroman as well. I think he's probably my favorite player in this range. I think you can look at Kevin Na. He's uh, more of a stroke scan approach, uh, par four scorer. Uh, but if he keeps it in the fairway, he should be fine this week. Uh, yeah, and this is where it kind of gets ugly. It's just not really a lot to like down here. Yeah. Devo, you? I agree with both y'all and Streelman. He is my favorite play in this range as well. Uh, I don't mind the cock rack, but I will go with Nah <laughs> over him at 7.4K. He has not been nearly as popular uh, as he has been, you know, a year or two years ago. His price at 7.4K, considering this field, is pretty excellent. And if Jason is going to be more popular than Kevin, then I will go Nah over Cockrack. Nice. Uh, Derek, you, you might have it right there in front of you. As far as ownership projections, what's the projection on Streelman? Uh, Streelman at 8% right now. Okay. But I'll this is a Monday projections. We update these throughout the week. So Yeah, we, we just ruined that by a little yeah, bit. Yeah, we did. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, with all three of us on him, I think surely he's, he's bound to go up a little bit. Uh, I also kind of like Daniel Summerhays at 7,200. Uh, I, I read an article from Ben Coley this week, and Ben's a pretty sharp guy over in the UK as far as as far as traditional golf betting. And he brought up a good point about Summerhays. Just has an incredible history in the Northeast part of the U.S. If that's reading into it a little bit too much, maybe. Um, but his his I think his sole victory on the PJ Tour has come up in the Northeast. He's had great finishes up here. He just seems to like the style of courses and, and the, the surroundings that he's in. Another shorter course, I don't think his putter's been quite as hot as it as it was. He's typically known as one of the best putters on the PGA Tour. So I think Summerhays at 7,200 is a fairly safe option to make the cut in an event like this. I don't know that he's got the upside to, like, take down a GPP, but um, – I, I don't know. Like the more I think about it, the more I like Summer Hayes. You guys have any thoughts on him or anybody else? Uh, anybody else around him? 
I always like Summer Hayes on tougher courses. So if we're playing the hard course narrative, I would agree with you on that one. All right. It's kind of the uh, David Lingmorth uh, type of player where, you know, kind of relies on a hot putter. And, uh, yeah, we've seen him be one of the best at putting, you know, year in and year on PGA Tour. So I don't mind that. Um, I also read that article from Ben Coley. So I was going to bring him up as well. No uh, Yeah. What about you, Devo? I'm kind of off the entire cheaper range. There's a few guys in the 6Ks that I'm interested in, but it seems that the smart money has already hit Summer Hayes. He's been bet down to 92 to 1. Everybody else in this range uh, below 7.4K is no better than uh, 114. Hudson Swafford and Single, no. So, yeah, I'm just thinking I'm going to focus my energies and all these other fine options that we talked about, uh, especially with you know, so many more of them being exposed to me. I, I really don't see any reason to buy in the low 7K range. What about the DFS darling cut maker, Charles Howell, returning at 7K? We haven't seen the guy since April. Um, I know there's there's a DraftKings note in there about a rib injury. We were talking a little bit before the show. From what we've heard, um, it's not actually a rib injury. It's more classified as a rib injury. It's not necessarily a sports in, uh, injury. It's more of an internal thing. Uh, we don't know exactly what that means, but as far as we've heard, it's more of like a elective surgery, like possibly a gallbladder appendix taken out, like not really anything that could really inhibit his golf game. Uh, and Charles Howell, let's all face it, has plenty of money and has played plenty of golf. So if he wanted to have the surgery back in April and, and just kick it for a couple months, uh, Surely he was ready to do that, but but probably well-rested enough if he wants to come back for the Quicken Loans National. What do you guys think about Charles Howell? Have you heard anything different? And what I just said could be just wild speculation. It's just what we've heard here around Augusta, which is his hometown. He doesn't live here anymore, but his family's here. So I don't know. Maybe that's, maybe that's rel- you know, relevant information, maybe not. And we were talking about this before the show. Uh, nobody really knows what to expect from him, but uh, I heard something that he was chomping at the bit to get back out there. So if we assume that he's healthy, uh, all we got to worry about is rust. Um, but the numbers certainly check out. Ranked second in uh, par four scoring and first in bogey avoidance. Uh, we know he's a cut maker. We know he's a top 10 machine. Uh, typically makes his uh, bread and butter on the West Coast swing. But in this event, uh, with this field, you got to like his, uh, his chances at 7,000. Diva, what do you think? Yeah, I'm a big fan of Chill as well. I'm just hoping that his hiatus from golf will keep his ownership down. Uh, if this was a regular week where he was in form, it would be chill chalk week. Uh, there are some viable pivots down here. Smiley Kaufman at 7K and Wesley Bryan also at 7K. Check all the boxes for me that I'm looking for, and they're just slightly less likely to win according to Vegas. So if chill is going to come in and just be in chalky, I like either of those guys to pivot off too. Derek, what are the ownership projections on on how? All right, we've got. Let's see. I'm, I'm putting 20, you on the spot as my stat 20, guy. Twenty four percent right now. Twenty four. Which, wow. which is by far the highest, uh, except for Hadwin. Hadwin's higher. So that's probably a fade, Devo, huh? Yeah, definitely. Especially if Smiley's going to come in at like. Five. I think that's going to come down though. Yeah, but what's yeah, it come that down? does seem a little high. I mean, on Fanshare, he has nine tags. So I guess it's top 17 right now on Fanshare. Yeah. All right. I mean, not really anybody else in this range. I mean, Kaufman, 
Howell and Brian right there at 7K are going to get all of the ownership up until um, probably that $7,400 range between Na and uh, Cockrack and Streelman. So definitely a dead ranger. I think that's where Summerhays another another good GPP play. I think he's going to go lower on than, than usual. Uh, so you mentioned in the 6K range, Derek Hadwin being pretty popular. What's the ownership projection on him? Because he, he obviously – he feels like the guy in this range that's that's mispriced, even though his form hasn't been fantastic. Yeah, we've got his ownership projection at 28%. And uh, Vegas has him about 70 to 1, which is better than David Hearn, who is, you know, 8,100 yep. this week. So I think he's going to be popular for sure. Devo, are you playing him? I mean, he was high teens owned last week and is probably going to be popular again this week. I'd rather pivot off to Luke List or if you're feeling really gambly, Lucas Glover, who's in terrible form but has uh, pretty good stats for the year. And really gambly? Yeah. I like that. That's a scrumptious word. Um, <laughs> it, I mean, so you'd rather have Luke List than Lucas Glover? I would uh, take Luke List over Lucas Glover, uh, basically just based on form. I think I would take – I think I would um, – I think I would take a bet on that, Devo. I think me and you need to take a bet on that. All right. You got you got action. <laughs> All right. We'll, we'll have to work that outside bet. Um, anybody else in this range, like Chris Kirk, Harold Varner? What, what are your other 6,900 or 60-something or guy? I like Grayson Murray a little bit. I mean, everybody hates Grayson Murray because uh, of the DF or the, the, the Twitter uh, stupidity that the guy displays, strokes game being a – moron um but obviously checks the box off the tee birdie or better percentage he racks up uh the guy was a really good putter on the web.com tour last year a lot of people don't realize that he's not put it all that well compared to the big guys on the pga tour but uh he's made eight cuts in a row at 6800 i feel like that's a good a good play either one of you guys like like murray or anybody else in that range yeah i like the form of murray definitely a short skate off the tee guy I don't mind him. Uh, the thing about Hadwin, he is going to be extremely popular, and he's lost strokes gained on approaches in uh, eight of his last 11 rounds on tour. Not really been gaining strokes off the tee either, and his putter's kind of been cold. Um, so, I mean, if you want to fade him, I definitely don't mind going to the two guys you mentioned, uh, Lucas Clever and uh, Luke List. I think they're both interesting uh, pivots off of Hadwin. Uh, outside of that, I think, most of my lineups, I'm just going to try to stick to that $7,400 and above range. Devo, same for you? Yeah, but there are still a few other options down here. Um, I think Grayson Murray got might get a little bit of attention because of his form and just he's pretty good at getting attention. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Jim Herman is a play that's rather interesting to me. Yeah. Uh, did, uh, really good stats all around. Very cheap. Um, you know, I'm not so sure that uh, anybody's going to want to be going this cheap, anyways. And I bet you could load up with a couple of studs, and uh, you know, be going on the gamble side of things uh, because top 70 out of 120 make the cut this week. Yeah. Did Did SDL cards try to talk y'all into uh, into Wyndham Clark last week? Did either one of you boys have any <laughs> Wyndham Clark? <laughs> he did bring him up but uh yeah i saw him tout him in his video and uh luckily i didn't take him but it was kind of funny reading his uh tweets about him 
man, he was all he was all over Wyndham Clark. Uh, <laughs> definitely not a great showing for old Wyndham, the, the the yuppiest name in all. Like between Wyndham <laughs> and Patton, um, I'm not sure there are more yuppie names than those two guys on the PGA Tour. Maybe McKenzie, that, although he's Canadian, I don't know. Um, I I could get into a little bit of Ricky Barnes right now, guys. Like, talk me out of Ricky Barnes at 6,600 minimum price uh, in a little bit of form. We know he's going to have that first really hot round if he can keep from shooting a 79 on round two. Uh, he can make the cut. But for me, when I look back over the last 24 rounds that he's played, he's top 25 in the field in strokes gained putting and strokes gained approach. Uh, which is more than you can say about a lot of guys in the in the 6K range. So, I mean, if I do a, a Fowler, Patrick Reed, Ricky Barnes lineup, you know, what what do you guys think about that in a GPP? So I was going to say instead of playing him on DraftKings, just bet him first round leader because uh, yeah, he's going to get off to a hot start and then he's just going to gag it all the way on the weekend. But, uh, well, if he's a morning tea time, I don't know if he's a morning tea yeah. time or not. I haven't looked at the tea times yet. But Devo, can I talk you into any Ricky Barnes? Will you buy any Ricky Barnes? No, I'm not interested in any Ricky Barnes. <laughs> You're uh, not that gambly? Not that gambly. Uh, I'd rather spend the extra dollar and take Matt Jones, who's uh, fortunately less than 100 to 1, to win this thing, which is more than twice as likely for Ricky Barnes to win, according to Vegas. If I were going to take any Ricky Barnes this week, I would just bet him for first-time leader or to win also. Uh, I don't think he's that good of a DFS play because – Basically, any one of these guys is going to be very unpopular down here that you're taking a flyer on. Yeah, I do like Matt Jones. I can usually be talked into him. Um, He's really cheap on FanDuel. Is he? What's his price on FanDuel? Where it's either is him or Nick Taylor, actually. I was close to them on DraftKings. One of them was way cheaper. He's 5900 So, yeah. 5900 on FanDuel? Yeah. So, we got a few minutes left here. Um notorious i know you're you're kind of the you're kind of the cash game guru right like you, i know you were last time you're on the tour junkie show with me and pat but is that what is that you're still grinding out some cash lineups right yeah i pretty much play anything that i can for pga uh see so yeah, i play cash tournaments uh whatever yeah so in your in your big double ups this week what give, give me a core give me like a, a, a like three or four guys it's just going to be core locks in your cash lineups all right, so I think I'm going to start with uh, either Leishman or Haas at the top. Uh, I love Finau. I love Brendan Still for cash. And then I'd probably drop down to either Kyle Stanley or uh, Bud Colley. Okay. For my four. Devo, you dabble in any cash games or are you just all gambling on, on GPPs? Uh, I do not dabble in cash games anymore. I found that my ROI was higher in GPPs than it was in cash games, so focus right. my effort there and make more gamble what about um what about FanDuel like we mentioned FanDuel do you guys I mean I haven't I haven't had a chance to speak with either one of you guys really about the FanDuel experience and and we've got some extra time so as far as the eight-man rosters now have you guys had any luck over there have you played around much over there or not really Devo what about you I haven't played too much but I, I do like the idea I think that it makes for a bit more unique lineups and I love how expensive Brendan Steele is over there this week. So I can get my exposure to him at a reasonable ownership, uh, by, but still paying a pretty reasonable price tag from. So, I mean, Brendan Steele is going to be way less popular on FanDuel, right? Where's the fourth most expensive guy. 
Yep. You know, barely cheaper than Ricky Fowler. Yep. Derek, what about you? Yeah, I played uh, with their rounds one and two, three and four format. I actually had pretty good success, but anyway, I like it a whole lot. And uh, so far, I like the where you don't pick uh, golfers in certain rounds, and I've had less success, but I still like it more. Uh, it's definitely hard to get eight of eight through. Um, but yeah, I think it's uh, quite interesting. I also like the fantasy draft product where they drop the lowest score. I think that's uh, really yeah. interesting because you can sort of take a little bit more chances without having to worry about uh, one guy ruining your whole lineup. But but is that is that I, I played on the fantasy draft stuff a good bit too. Like, but I've actually found that with pricing on fantasy draft being more uh, closely yeah. lined up with Vegas odds, it's it's tough to play any kind of studs and duds or really do that. You know, take a lot of chances on there. I find myself wanting to build more balanced lineups. Are are you like making yourself do a studs and duds thing, or are you building more balance over there? No, so I guess what I mean is just like you don't have to worry about one golfer right. just ruining your whole week, uh, which is kind of different from DraftKings and FanDuel. But yeah, I'd, they really have tight pricing, so yeah, I lean my I lean towards a more balanced approach as well. So Devo, you brought up a good strategy point too, because like if you look at if you look at where a guy lands on these sites, if you're if you're playing in all three, like I mean, like I play in all three: fantasy draft, DraftKings, FanDuel every week, and you've got a guy like Brendan Steele. Um, who who there is some difference in as far as him being the fourth the fourth price guy on FanDuel, um, but he's the tenth price guy on DraftKings. So you know you look at it one of two ways. Well, I could I can get him cheaper on DraftKings, so I'll play him there. Or the way you looked at it was say I can get him at lower ownership uh, and probably more honestly probably more of an appropriate value for him on FanDuel, right? Right. He's basically the fourth most likely to win. So he should be about the fourth most expensive golfer. Um, you know, maybe with Leishman and Haas being a little bit uh, cheaper, they're going to be the chalk over steel on FanDuel. So, I mean, the overall value of a player in any GPP is definitely a factor of their projection versus their ownership. So I'm always considering both. Right. Then like you look at a guy like Charles Howell that has a bigger differential. So, for example, on DraftKings, Charles Howell's the 55th ranked guy. On FanDuel, he's the 32nd ranked guy. So it's like a much bigger difference. So where do you play him if you're going to play him? I mean, I guess that one depends on how popular I think he's going to be. Uh, yeah. I think I'm going to play him on both places because I think people are going to be scared of his injury. Right. Which could possibly just be his gallbladder. We don't know. We're just going to speculate. Mm -hmm. good stuff guys uh thanks for thanks for joining me hope i um hope i filled in for justin nicely yeah i, I need you guys to to petition for me to come on more often if that, <laughs> that works out um like i said just i'm the sexy substitute to justin van Zuden is kind of what i what i look at it but i hope you guys have some green screens this week for sure and um we'll be back we'll be back next week so you guys can stay tuned for the best ball show here on grinders live May your screens be green. Lowe's knows you'll do it right to find the right gifts for dad this Father's Day. 
We do it right, too, with deals that'll make Dad as proud as his perfectly seared steak and his perfectly manicured lawn. Now get a Charbroil 4-Burner Advantage Series gas grill for just $169 and pick up your choice of Craftsman gas or electric string trimmer for only $99 each. Make this Father's Day his best one yet. And do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Charbroil offer valid through 612. Craftsman offer valid through 619 U.S. only. Napa know-how. At Napa Auto Care Centers, you'll get a $75 prepaid Visa card when you spend $250 on Napa brake parts, which is cause to celebrate. Because normally the sound of screeching brakes means your bank account's about to take a hit. But getting $75 back makes that hit not so bad. Quality parts installed by the pros. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Care Centers, exclusions apply. Offer ends 63019.